Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Fantasy freaks and geeks, what is up? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. I'm James Coe. Joined alongside by the whiz kid from Wisconsin, Alex Gelhar, MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, and the Fantasy Hall of Famer, uh, Michael Fabiano. I'm here with my Heathen Cup. Uh, we're ready to rock and roll. I got my Heathen Cup. MG's got his yogurt. Um, what, what's, a, what's a Heathen Cup? His red Starbucks cup. My That's red, what it is? It's, it's a Heathen Cup. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just a cup, as you like to mention. Just a cup, my friend. <laughs> Just a cup. <laughs> um, listen, we're going to get to uh, top headlines, um, and uh, we're introducing a little thing uh, that we talk about in the fantasy fortress quite quite a bit. Narrative Street. We're going to trade. Can you tell me how to get how to get, get to Narrative Street? Uh, so we will take a trip down um, Narrative Street, and we will tell you about some uh, narratives that uh, are prevailing in the NFL going into Sunday. We'll give you some good uh, and bad Week 11 matchups. We'll try to get to as many of your mailbag questions as well, and, of course, daily depths. But let's start with uh, reacting to Thursday night football. Do we have to? Uh, yes, question mark. <laughs> uh, we were it – was, it was not great. Not good football. No. No. Um, the Titans threw to a wide receiver not at all in the second half until the final drive where they threw to Doriel Green Beckham twice in complete garbage time. Um, <laughs> I don't – wow. I mean, we were assaulted in our eyes. <laughs> but you know what? At least um, we got to see how great David Cobb could be. Negative oh, we, three rushing we, I think we did. They only gave him four carries. He didn't get a lot of opportunity. When you go negative – I don't care how many carries you had. That's an inauspicious start. We're 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 hitting narrative street early. Narratives. <laughs> hey man. Todd Gurley only rushed for like nine yards or whatever in his first game. And look what he did after. Narrative Street. <laughs> uh no, but I, mean, I think you might be reaching there. In, inauspicious is Wait. the exact right word. So worst um w- what was worse? David Cobb's performance or the Jacksonville Jaguars unis? Cobb's Jags, performance. Jags unis. <laughs> Well, does that mean I have to break the tie here? Yeah, please. Uh, I'm going to go with Jags unis. Thank you. I just oh. kept thinking about gold member, you know? I love gold. <laughs> oh, uh, that was just, oh, I was like, what are we? But what hey, is, what's going on? Hey, now, 
Allen Robinson got it done again. Hey, baby. It took forever for them to oh finally throw the ball to him. It was, what, mid-second mid second quarter when they finally got well, him his first target? Hey, Delaney Walker had a good game, too. Yeah, yeah that sure. Guy is the oh, yeah, no doubt. Of the tip balls. Tip passes. Tip balls. Another tip ball. Because catching it directly from the quarterback Amazing. is child's play. That's amateur <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Come on. He's got to turn it up a notch. Ten targets. Uh, he actually had more targets than anybody in the game last night. So uh, How many targets did Allen Robinson have? Oh, he had seven. seven. He had seven. I mean, he turned seven targets into five catches. He's awesome. And uh, 113 yards. He was in- incredibly And that one catch he made between two, def- between two defenders, man. That was yeah. nice. But uh, just to go over some numbers here, Marcus Mariota, 231 um, passing yards, 29 rushing. Rush yards saved his day, man. Yeah, with that rushing uh, touchdown. touchdown. And that's something he did a lot in college. Oh, yeah. And Jameis Winston didn't. And in the NFL, it's sort of flopped. Uh, A little bit. But I hope Mariota keeps running with the ball because that will just make him even more valuable. When he's got great matchups down the street. I just don't expect I don't expect a lot of that from him. I think part no? of it I think part of it is that I think he's trying to prove to everybody that he can be a pocket passer a little bit. And he's done a pretty good job of it. What I have noticed, and I noticed this in the preseason too, that when he runs, it's because he has to run. He's yeah. not he's not gonna freak out and panic and take off running. He's not gonna be, you know, R G three or anything no. like that who just freaks out and runs. Or a design run. Every right. Now every now and then a design run. But he will run when he absolutely has to. And that that was a situation last night where nothing was open. He turned the corner, he saw a huge lane mm-hmm. and he went for it. But I, I just don't expect that's going to be a huge part of his game. And he ended up with eighteen fantasy points. I'll, I'll take it on a Thursday night on the road. I'll take that all day long. Not only am I really excited about Marcus Mariota for next year. I think down the stretch, too. I'm kind of excited for Marcus Mariota as well. I think he's going to have a couple of, you know, not great games, uh, which makes me, again, uh, he elevates, in my mind, uh, more to next year. But the fact that he stands tall in the pocket, has a big-time arm, and can get out of the pocket if he wants to, he needs a couple more um, weapons. Can I ask you guys about this? Uh, and Gellhart, chime in, man, because I, I just don't get it. I look at Doriel Green Beckham. He's big. He's strong. He looks natural catching the football. They don't throw to him. Well, part of the problem I is – I don't get it. He is still super, super, super raw. That's what they keep saying. Well, no, it's, I don't get it's it. evident is because one of the interceptions last week was totally his fault. He didn't actually, like, finish his route. And had he, he would have had a reception. But he was kind of like, nah, and instead it went to the other team. So he's he is kind of a hindrance, sadly, out there right now because despite all his his immense physical gifts, he is is lacking that understanding and intuition of the nuance of the NFL game, and that is causing a lot of like misfires in the offense. But can't we just use a little common sense? The guy obviously is a rookie. Um, not he doesn't even have a ton of experience. Period. No, he Football. had he lost his entire last year of college to right. suspension. But that being said, can't we simplify the playbook a little bit? Like, if I was playing Madden, I know this is not the exact same thing, but, I mean, let me just run five plays to the guy and just say, hey, you do these five plays and we'll worry about the rest of the playbook in the offseason. But let's just go to these five plays, like, 20 times in the game. Because who else is Marcus Mario throwing to? I mean, I mean, hey, man, when Harry walk- Douglas is going to get three P.I. penalties uh, in the span of, like, four plays. That was kind of their best offense for us. <laughs> it uh, really was. But let's not let's not dwell on this game too long. All right. Uh, and to, uh, we, we, we buried David Cobb, but Antonio Andrews had another, you know, moderately solid. effective game. Yeah, solid game. Got you 9.4 sure. points if you spot started him in the flex or anything. You'll take him. You'll take that all day from Antonio Andrews. Uh, no doubt about it. Um, T.J. Yeldon. 
a little bit of a disappointment. He looked good running the football. I agree. After a while, they just kind of stopped going to him. I'm not really sure why. The, the one thing about the Jaguars is they, they seem to get in these ruts where they run it a lot and then they abandon. They yeah. throw it to Allen Robinson and then they abandon. But, I mean, listen. There, there's when, no balance When there. you have a goal line threat, the caliber of Denard Robinson, you, you got to go to him. have what? no choice <laughs> but to hand the ball to him five times You've inside shoot, the GD 10-yard line. You've got to go to him there. I mean, you know. If what? they went to Gerhardt, I would understand a little bit more because he's a big guy who can run between the tackles. But Shoelace Robinson? Explain this to me. <laughs> I don't understand that. I was so, baffled. Someone explain this to me about the Jaguars' offense. You go to Denard Robinson, was it five times? Five times. Inside the 10-yard line. <laughs> inside the 10-yard line. But earlier in the game, when you try to run some trickeration and have a non-quarterback throw a football, you don't give it to the guy who was the former college quarterback. You instead let Brian Walters right. throw one of the most Awful yeah, trick passes terrible. I've ever seen in my life. Terrible. Yeah. Ryan Walters. Listen. That was head scratcher. Yeah, that so. was bad. Um, Alan Hearns uh, fell off a little bit yesterday. Three catches, just 19 yards. No touchdowns. No touchdowns. But look, we can't complain. Homeboy caught a touchdown at I mean, seven straight or whatever. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Julius Thomas um, had his day saved by a touchdown as well. He just did. 28 yards through he the had air. eight targets. They were clearly trying to get him the football. Five receptions out of eight. It's not bad. Also, I mean, also, I know I know this might be a little homerism coming out, but we've made a, we've made a lot of fun of Eddie Lacy for packing on a few pounds this Julius year. Julius Thomas oh my is gosh. chunky. Julius Thomas, Holy cow. when he's, he caught his touchdown, chunky. Twitter was abuzz with jokes like, the tackle reported as eligible. <laughs> oh, they did the old touchdown pass to the guard. <laughs> I was like, oh, poor Julius Which Thomas. was funny because I actually was watching the game on, on, on a stream, so I was a little bit behind, and I saw touchdown pass to a guard. I was like, Wait, what? <laughs> and then, and then I saw it the Julius Thomas. Like, oh. uh, <laughs> I, I was like, wow, that's Julius Thomas out there? Maybe the injury couldn't get out there and stuff. But anyways, I digress. I just I just had to head to let stick. Us, I, I, you stick for your guy. I, hey, I, I, pile I on somebody else. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Uh, I do love it. All right. So there you go. Let's move on. Uh, any other any other takeaways from this game? Delaney Walker, again, back to back games here. Um, dude, he's good. He's very underrated from a fantasy perspective. Uh, he's a little bit better in PPR leagues because he's going to get a lot of volume in terms of uh, targets. But the guy was a, a tight end one last year, and, and this year when he's played, he, he, he's he been right there. He's not on the level of the elite guys. Uh, I think Jordan Reed's a better tight end right now for sure from a fantasy standpoint. Definitely. But at a thin position, if you're starting Walker every single week, I mean, you could be doing a lot worse. Um, what, what do you got him as, like a top eight tight end? Yeah, he's right in that. He's area. right, right at the back end of the top yeah. ten. Yeah, I mean, exactly. and that's a, and that's the thing too. Once you get outside of the top three or four, probably the top four, it just becomes a weekly mess, right? Anyways, uh, Delaney Walker certainly in that. I mean, listen, he's got more points than Jimmy Graham. Oof. Yeah, you know, true. I just want to. I, I, maybe I'm just bitter right now. Okay. When did Delaney Walker get hands? Like when he was in San Francisco, <laughs> he was Stone Hands McGee. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he, he also played with cold. Davis, right? Did they give him a lot of opportunities there? Uh, I mean, he did. He had a lot of opportunities in, in big situations, and we just dropped past. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have handed him a baby because he would have dropped. <laughs> now he goes to Tennessee, and he's great. I don't know what happened. I agree with you. I, I think he definitely looks a lot more comfortable catching the football um, this year. I, I, when he first caught that first couple of passes, I was like, "Is that that's Delaney Walker?" He looks so smooth <laughs> catching those football. It was it was weird. Yeah. Anyways, let's get to top headlines. Let's do it. 
The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Whistles go. Woo! I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Don't watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. All right, in Houston, DeAndre Hopkins misses practice, but all signs do point to him playing. However, T.J. Yates will be throwing him the football. And Darrell Revis will be covering him. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, but, you know, it's the the Jets' defense, for some reason. And I'm still playing him. <laughs> yeah, well, you kind of have to. I mean, who, who are you going to sit him for? Uh, that's the question, right? The silence is I do deafening. Think, well, here's the thing. I You know, I, I'm playing him. I would play him if I had him. But I, I, I am kind of curious. This is sort of like this weird game show I have in my head. Who can defeat DeAndre Hopkins? Like, which quarterback can defeat DeAndre It's a Hopkins. wonderful question because well, he has played with some god-awful quarterbacks. Because remember a few years ago you know, in the, the heyday, the height of Larry Fitzgerald as a fantasy stud, we right. kept saying that he's quarterback-proof. And then we found out that he really wasn't. Like right. They kept running like you know, John Skelton. Oh, Max and Hall. Max Hall. And like, Ryan Lindley. <laughs> right. Like, eventually he was, he was eventually defeated by some quarterback or other. So I'm kind of curious as to see like which quarterback can eventually defeat well, I mean, DeAndre that Hopkins. That was like one of those survival rounds in video games where they keep <laughs> Sending wave after wave at you, and there is no winning. Game. You just survive until the end, until you don't. And that was Fitzgerald. Max Hall, Ryan Lindley, John Skelton. I feel like this podcast is about to burn down to the ground because we've named those names. There are some but, really bad quarterbacks uh, in Arizona. At least, with, at least with Nuke, we saw last week too that. Yates just funneled the ball to him, and yeah. odds are he'll probably throw an interception or three in doing that again. Absolutely. But then on the plus side, hey, they're going to be down, and they're going to have to keep going. To yeah, the yeah. Bill O'Brien just pulls him aside before the game and says, just throw it to Hopkins. Just throw it to Hopkins. Just throw it to Hopkins. Um, what's, uh, what, what's been the FPA for the Jets uh, against wide receivers over the last few weeks here? Last because four weeks, They've been Jets, getting torched. Wide yeah, receivers. It, hasn't, it hasn't been great. They are. But, the but you, have to three, look at, four, five, you really have to look seven, at number eight. one wide receivers. Uh, yeah, in, in they this, in this spot they've given up the eighth most points to wide receivers in those weeks. But again, so which is there, surprising. There's a, there's a difference between surprising uh, a group of wide receivers as a whole and the number one wide receiver. And if you're talking about the number one wide receiver, uh, an opposing wideout is averaging four catches a game. Uh, the opposing number one wideout is averaging fifty yards a game, and the opposing number one wideout has scored once. The only, the, Jets yeah. all the, only the only hope is that the last like physical beast with great hands to go toe to toe with Revis was Allen Robinson, and he had a solid day. It was like what do you have like 112, 130 yards or something like that. Yeah. So I mean that's that's really the hope with Hopkins is that he's just going to get the volume of like you know 30 targets sure. and 15 catches for I think, 100. And why wouldn't he? Can they get close enough to the end zone? That's the that's the question. It just seems like if you throw to the end zone and Nuke is there, he's catching that dang ball, man. I mean, last week we saw one of uh, just a number of spectacular catches that Nuke has made look routine. It's crazy. All right, let's go to Dallas. Uh, Tony Romo returns to practice. Um, he's supposed to play this weekend. Where do you have him in your ranks, fam? Top 10. Top 10, baby. Top 10. He's in stardom and sit him as a start. Uh, I'm not concerned about the rust factor because he's got a great rapport with the guys that he's playing with. He's been playing with them for years, Dez and Jason Witten. Uh, the Dolphins have given up an average of close to 22 fantasy points a game to quarterbacks since week seven. I think there's a lot of good fantasy players in this game. Yeah. Romo, Dez, McFadden's a good play. I think, I think Witten, Witten could be exactly. I think Witten could be better. Uh, he's in my top ten this week, and even with Miami, 
Jarvis Landry, uh, the Cowboys do not cover number one wide receivers very well, and uh, Lamar Miller is it. They don't cover any receivers. Over, overall, well. we have Tony Bromo as our QB8 for the week on our rankings, which you can find, I think, at NFL.com slash rankings or go to fantasy rankings. But – Interesting note, Marcus is always kind of the, the wild card yes. in the ranks. wild card, baby. Uh, the rest of us will be in a general consensus. All like right. So here are, the, here are the ranks for Romo this week. Fabs has him at 9. Harmon and I have him at 8. Francis has him at 11. Marcus has him at 3. Explain. Uh, I do think he's going to be huge this week. I think, I think they're just going to come out and they're going to throw the ball a ton this week. I, mean, I think they're going to try to get him back into it. And I think more than anything, it'll be less about Romo and more about Dez. I think, you know, you, you may see Dez kind of carry the weight in this thing. So I, I do think Romo is going to have a really, really big week. I just need the – well, I don't need, but I would like to see the Cowboys keep him upright. I do worry if he takes a couple of shots, things could go south in a hurry. Well, that's that's my only concern is that there is occasionally some rust when you come back from an injury like that. Like I think I mentioned on the last pod we saw with a- Aaron Rodgers threw two uncharacteristic interceptions and was like a little hesitant to get hit until he did just because, I mean – he broke that collar. I collar know. Bone. That's kind of an important bone right. across the the torso there. So, but yeah, it's, I, I, we're all high on Romo this week. However, next note, as Fabs mentioned, McFadden on the injury report. Uh, but supposedly it's nothing serious. But this is McFadden. I know. Every, I know. Everything is serious. <laughs> I love the note here as well in the rundown. <laughs> beginning, beginning of the end? Question <laughs> mark. How dare you? How? Hey. Look, this is a, this is a guy who has a long, long history of uh, of injuries, and when things yeah. pop up, they generally don't go away right away with McFadden. So, is and Fabs, you don't seem worried by this. Well, because the report that I saw was that he's fine. It's almost like he took it's a fine. Day. You know? Yeah. Well, he. I mean, so I'm not worried. I mean, if I see that he's not practicing today, then the the red flags go up. I mean, I'm sure he'll he'll practice in a limited basis today, but I'm not exactly trusting reports from the Cowboys because this is also the same team that told us Brian Hoyer throws the most beautiful pass in the league, <laughs> and yada yada yada. Right. I, I just put it. I'm I'm concerned at this point. Uh, if you have McFadden, this might be the time to go scoop up uh, what's his name, Trey Williams, or God forbid, Robert Turbin. Go and get like one of those backups and just handcuff McFadden. In Robert case. Turbin is like Christian Michael. He just won't die. The guy. Well, except he, he actually gets on an NFL field. That's true. That's very true. You know what? Like, that's one of those situations where um, I feel like we were all duped with Christian Michael because the guy never did anything. Nothing. Nothing. In the NFL. Well, it was, but it every was, time there was an opportunity, watch out for Christian Michael. It was practice hype. It was training camp hype. I mean, we heard it in and Seattle. It was metrics hype. Right. It, it was, we heard Off so much charts. about it in Seattle that, you know, hey, you know, when Marshawn Lynch starts to fade away, Christian Michael is going to be the guy. And, and look, I, I believe the guy probably does have a lot of talent. I think there are probably other factors that we don't know about that are keeping him off the field. 100%. But the Cowboys also 100%. have to be smart with McFadden, knowing his injury history. Uh, they could just be resting him, sort of keeping him fresh, because the Cowboys still do believe that they have a shot to make the playoffs. Uh, I don't know if I agree as a Cowboys fan, but hey, you know what? At least they're motivated. But it, if for some reason McFadden doesn't play, and you've got to play Rod Smith, no, not the former Broncos wide receiver. He's back, baby! Oh, boy. No? Wow. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I think McFadden's going to be fine this week. I think I think he's going to be fine. I think he'll be fine, too. I, I, you know, it's amazing how many guys have injuries when they're on the Raiders. Amazing how many injuries they have. 
But when they get away from the Raiders, it's amazing how healthy they are. Uh, I think I think Darren McFadden will be fine. I, I'm really excited about him, um, and uh, and I think he's going to have a big game. I and uh, speaking of running backs, by the way, uh, Ian Rappaport just reported that Ryan Matthews is out. It it was trending. It was trending that way. Yep. Yeah, yep. he so, hadn't practiced all so week. Yeah, it was trending that if way. If Demarco wasn't a must start before, he is now, and now you can actually play Darren Sproles. It's a frisky Ooh. flex. I as a, actually as a am flex play. I am plugging him in like in a league it. this week. Yes, you like that? I am. Hey, what's so. the status of Sean Lee? Speaking of concussions, is he uh, is he gone through or no? I don't know. We shall find. Sean Lee, uh, I believe he's been back. He has been cleared for return. Okay, yeah. there. You yeah. yeah. All right, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, is quote unquote injured. But uh, of no concern, I don't know what that means. Uh, he popped up with on the injury report with a shoulder injury, but he said he's fine. McCarthy is no worry. I think it was just one of those formalities where it's like, hey, you got treatment. We got to put you on the report. Got it. But You know, with I, I do wonder this. With you know, the rumors about Andrew Luck not being on the injury report, potentially with his injury. I mean, teams and, try and skirt it. Right, and now Peyton Manning – Flaring up with the case of plantar fasciitis that nobody seemed yeah, to know he about had before. That quad injury last year too. Uh, you know, you. I wonder if teams are going to start to go overboard and just you know on the injury overcorrection. Stubbed toe, probable. You know, I wonder if we're going to start to see but that's what they do with Tom Brady in, in uh, New England. I think always Bel- on the injury. Belichick does that just to be a jerk. <laughs> He does. You he's don't just, say. He's basically. I think, Bel- I think Belichick's say. attitude is all right. I what? have to put injuries on this. Okay, uh, somebody has a hangnail. He's so, going on the injury. Room. However, the main reason I wanted to put this on there is to yes. get us into a discussion Please. about the Packers' offense and who, if anybody, on that offense you trust this week going into Minnesota against a pretty frisky defense. I mean, I, Mike Zimmer's got them boys rolling. Man. I'm still rolling with Aaron Rodgers, and yes. I'm 100 percent fine with it. Outside of Rodgers, though. Okay. That's about it. I trust no one. That's about it. <laughs> I trust no one. I, Randall Cobb's never had double-digit fantasy points in a game uh, in standard scoring in his career against the Vikings, and they're tough. Uh, as you guys mentioned, that defense is one of the more underrated in the entire league. No doubt. They're tough against the run. James Starks and Eddie Lacy uh, basically are – Lacy's impossible to start. Starks is probably a flex at best this week, especially after he couldn't get anything done last week yeah. against Detroit. I think he, he's he's a flex that I don't even feel that confident about. But we said we said this on the on the show yesterday on uh, NFL Fantasy Live. It's funny that the Jaguars' uh, offense is more trustworthy this year than Denver and Green Bay. Yes. Oh. And oh, Indianapolis. Yes. Oh, it's so funny. Uh, also, Devonte Adams. Uh, so we talked about his. 21 target, 10 catch, 79-yard game. Ridiculous. I don't know if you guys saw on Twitter at the end of the day yesterday, at the end of the work day out here, I was uh, writing our game previews for this week for it, and I wanted to look at how that game stacked up historically. Okay. Oh, God, is it bad. Uh, there have only been, since they started tracking targets in uh, in 1992, there have only been two times where somebody has had more than 20 targets and 10 or fewer receptions. Uh, and Devontae <laughs> Adams is one of them. And the other guy was Chris Penn. Uh, who was, Sean's brother? Nice guy, <laughs> not, not that, Not that one. Oh. Uh, played for the Bears, and he act, He at least had more yards and a touchdown on fewer catches. So historically bad. His, I mean, this is historically, and then if I took off a, a less than 100-yard restriction, and Devontae Adams was still the, the worst game in NFL history for 20-plus targets. The Historically inefficient. Historically inefficient is the exact phrase I used in the preview, <laughs> which makes me very concerned about starting him this week against uh, the kind of upstart Minnesota secondary. Um, but doesn't it? I, I don't know. It's got to even out, doesn't it? I mean, 
you can't get that many targets and and not do anything with it. Yeah, yeah. It obviously, really obviously can. you can. Yeah, James, you can. He proved it. Obviously, you can. Um, I was just about to say, I think that Devontae Adams is going to have a bounce back week, and I do, I do believe that if he gets ten plus targets again, I think he's going to get uh, well into double. <laughs> I mean, digits. granted, the odds are he shouldn't be that bad again, right. If he gets twenty one targets, but I don't think he'll get twenty one because I think Aaron Rodgers would look at that and be like, yeah, you know what, bro. You're, I'm good throwing you the ball. Right. We're good. Uh, the the sneaky play here is if he gets back up is uh, Jared Aberderis could be a name to keep an eye on. I think they said he's out a few weeks, though. Is that last I, I hadn't heard that he was out a few weeks. He was hoping to play. I think uh, Mike McCarthy in a press conference Wednesday said that uh, Aberderis might be out a few weeks. Um, oh, yep. That's, that's the latest ago. update. Several weeks. Aberderis. Aberderis. Nice. I was nice. Yes, good. That was good. I like well, it. Well, never um, mind. Uh, Ty oh. Montgomery might come back then. So, <laughs> well, and, and again, you mentioned Ty Montgomery. Ty Montgomery still not really. Uh, he had a bad, an- that bad ankle injury. Right. Several so he's, weeks ago. I, I think McCarthy on Wednesday said that. Uh, oh, you know what this means? Jeff, Jeff Janis. Janis. Jeff Janis. You're not starting Janis. Anyways, we should move on. Enough, <laughs> enough silliness. No. Uh, you might be playing Jeff Janis because I will make for case for him in danger, danger zone. I will this week. Uh-oh. I got a good danger zone rec for you later when we oh, yeah? matchups too. Um, a little tease. Yeah, we went to uh we went to Brock Osweiler. The um, Brock Lobster. The, the danger zone the danger zone team went to Brock Osweiler. I thought I was going to pick him up, but uh but uh, Adam Rank uh, made a strong case and uh, he did not disappoint, so that was good. Um who did I go with in danger zone Wednesday? Do you remember Marcus? Uh I do not. Gosh darn. I just remember the yelling and the laughing and the ah, joking and the, the yellow, singing. The <laughs> all right, fair. Enough. And I was amused by all of it. Um, okay, fine. We'll move on. Um, how about uh, <clears throat> ASJ and VJAX both expected to play? Uh, oh, excuse, excuse me, expected to be out again for Tampa Bay. Uh, Mike Evans should be again. A Can we just give up target. on ASJ this year? Yes, I mean, absolutely. it's 100%. time, right? Yeah, it's time. It's. I sad. don't know. I'm not exactly sure. I mean, we keep talking about him, and he. Has done like, nothing. He like came back and it was seen like he was going to be back, and then I think he had some other injury, and now he's not cleared for contact, and he's frustrated because he wants to play. Yeah. And like the last time we saw him on the field, he did good things. So it's like this. Eh. We talk about him so much. I, I just don't get it. Austin Safarian Jenkins. No, he's no. We're done talking. If I ever see ASJ in any rundown, I'm I'm crossing him off. Yeah, I'm going to put him in every blurb. In <laughs> <next week's laughs> you, uh, when you couple the fact that their second and third options in the passing game are, are likely going to be out and uh, they're playing the Eagles. Sure. Mike Boy, Evans Mike looks like Evans a great play. A good play this Mike week. Evans should crush Byron Max. He should. He should. I also I just, like I, I like him in DFS as well. I, I can't. I just can't get behind it. Just about Mike Evans. Coming into the year, I was kind of meh on okay. Mike Evans, and really, he hasn't done much to change it. I mean, he, I know the last couple of weeks he's he's been over 100 yards. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know. I feel like he's kind of succeeding by default because everybody around him keeps going down. I mean, he drops passes. He doesn't really get a lot of separation. I mean, there's just nothing about Mike Evans that that screams out, "I gotta have this guy in my lineup every single week." He's sort of succeeding in spite of himself. Ooh. Hot take. Hot take. Fan myself off over out. class. <laughs> Watch out. D- he is succeeding despite himself. Big Mike Evans. Oh, man. Um, gosh, I don't know if I agree with that assessment. I think he's I think he's a nice young on, wide receiver. I'm on the other side of that, too. I'm with you, James. 
I, I like him. Uh, um, I, you know, the drops obviously are concerning, but he had one bad game with a bunch of drops, and that's that was the one. Like he still said, yeah. he's like, in my bad games, I put up 150 yards. Yeah, which like, you know, was quite funny. That's with his swagger with his 32 and 41 and 48 yard games. Yes, but, yes. You know. Even in my bad games, I put up 150. Except these other games when I don't irrelevant. Put up. <laughs> Get your facts out of the conference <laughs> at 50. All right, let's talk about some other injuries here. Emmanuel Sanders, Carlos Hyde. Uh, Megatron, Michael Floyd. Well, then and Brian Matthews, Brian we just Matthews found out, is out. But, is out. but uh, all those guys, Emmanuel Sanders, Hyde, Megatron, Floyd, did not practice on Thursday. All right, so there you go. Uh, Meg- Megatron guys. is, like, the most likely to play. Michael Floyd's injury is worrisome because uh, it's a hammy, and he hasn't played yet. John Brown has been playing on a limited basis. So while it's kind of been the Michael Floyd show the last couple weeks. Can I just ask, could what, flip is, back to John Brown? what is up with hamstrings this year? In Arizona especially. Uh, there's one active hamstring among all wide receivers, I feel like. I mean, everyone. And it's Cordero's, Cordero Patterson's. <laughs> <laughs> so and, it does and, us nothing. And now, now uh, Deshaun Jackson out for like the year with a hamstring. John Brown's been in and out of the lineup with a hamstring. Michael Floyd now with a hamstring. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's the Sunday night game too, right? It is the Sunday, yeah, night. You Sunday night. You can't wait on him. You can't wait on Floyd. Unless he practices on Friday, you can't wait on him because uh, unless you have John Brown and Michael Floyd, which seems seems a little strange, uh, or you have uh, a wide receiver that you can utilize from that Monday night game, Robert Woods, I don't know. I mean, th- th- there's – I mean, you could always look at, like, Marvin Jones. There's uh, – he's been getting right, right. a lot of YOLO balls from – Yeah, you, you, almost can't play, uh, you almost can't play Floyd this week. No, it's tough. It's it's really tough because Floyd can't coming off of the best game possibly of his career, two touchdown performance, hundred plus yard, hundred ten plus yards, um, and he looked like he was starting to build nice chemistry with Carson Palmer as well. Finally, and of course that hammy had to rear up because he's that big physical receiver that can get downfield as well. So all the physical tools are there certainly right. for Michael Floyd. I mean, he's kind of like the hybrid of Larry Fitzgerald and John Brown, where he's point. got the speed to get down, he's got the the physical body to yeah. to out jump and out you know muscle people on the sideline, but. Might have to probably have to keep him on the bench. I think you're right, Fabs. That Sunday night game is is such a dangerous one to wait on somebody with like a with a yeah. hamstring injury for. And, and, yeah, I don't want to play Robert Woods against uh, you know the Patriots, even if it's a good matchup. I don't trust Golden. <laughs> How about Jaron Brown as a deep deep play? You know, if, last if John week, if John Brown and Ryan, uh, excuse me, uh, Michael Floyd don't. Go I started John Brown last week in a couple of leagues, and by the end of the day, I was just I was trying to lobby for getting points for any J. Dot Brown that caught a pass. I just feel like he's not healthy. <laughs> I don't John think Brown. he is. I don't, John Brown, but they keep putting no, they keep playing on me. I, don't, I just don't feel like well, he's they're healthy. doing the the decoy route. They keep pl- putting him out there, and teams are like, oh man, here's John Brown. And meanwhile, Mike Floyd's like, later, see ya. Yeah, no, that's true. All right, let's move. Let's move on. Let's start. Let's take a trip down Narrative Street. Woohoo! Uh, can we get the uh, the Marcus Grant Narrative Street sounder, please? Can you tell me how to get how to get to Narrative Street? All right, here are some of the narratives that we're looking at uh, going into Sunday. The big one: revenge. revenge, revenge on both sides. Carson Palmer versus the Bengals. Revenge. Wait, let's take a quick step back in case people don't understand. We're, when we refer to narratives, for the most part, it's revenge games, as James just said. When a player has left uh, their old team and is facing them again on their new team. It works especially well when said player and their old team had a messy divorce. Also works well if said player's good. Yes. (laughs) So that's why all of the narratives are pointing towards Carson Palmer here exacting revenge on the Bengals. However, However, this is not his first attempt at revenge. He did play them once with 
the Raiders, oh, and it did not go well. Well, well, I mean, Raiders. I mean, uh, for obvious reasons. For obvious. <laughs> However, Carson Palmer and that Arizona offense firing on all cylinders. Absolutely. Primetime Andy Dalton, they another narrative. <laughs> I forgot about that narrative. Yes, you're right. Uh, so what do we make of Car- – let's talk about the quarterbacks in this game, Carson Palmer and Andy Dalton. I feel like Andy Dalton's going to bounce back. I don't. I don't. Uh, no one else does. No. I, I, I've I, been a big Andy Dalton fan this year, and I don't have a good feeling about him bouncing back this week. Primetime? Uh, I've got a bad not, feeling about yes. this. Not primetime. Cardinals. That too. P- Peterson. And primetime. Peterson. Honey Badger, you know, and <laughs> yeah, time. yeah, true, yeah, true, true. That. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just got so many weapons, though. I mean, that's why he's been a good fantasy quarterback. He's which why he's fewer than ten fantasy points in two of his last three games with those weapons. And if uh, Tyler Eifert doesn't drop everything and AJ Green doesn't fumble this week, those weapons could help him get it done a little better. How, however, I'm much more concerned. I have Andy Dalton and Carson Palmer in my league of record. I'm starting Carson Palmer. Hundred percent. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think because I got burned last week because I started Dalton against Houston over Palmer against uh, Seattle. It made sense. It, it made, made sense. it made all the it sense. Of course. And then I was sitting there on Monday night like, why? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, Carson Palmer versus the Bengals. Uh, Andy Dalton in primetime too. Uh, very good narratives. Very good narratives. File, file. And then the other one is uh, there were a few Bengals who are still on the team from when Carson Palmer was there, and they were asked this week by a reporter. TJ Hushman Zeta still on there? <laughs> no, no, oh, no, sadly. I see. Uh, they were asked. Uh, they asked one of them, "Were you still here when uh, when Carson Palmer was with the Bengals?" But and he they replied, "What you mean when he quit on us?" Oh dang! So the defense in that team is is raring to go as well. However, I think this narrative tips in the favor of. Carson. Carson Palmer. Stardom. Stardom. Revenge. Uh, Jay Cutler, John Fox, Adam Gase. Revenge game versus Denver. Revenge. Now, we discussed in the stronghold, is this really re- – I, I say it is, but is this really revenge for Jay Cutler, who is the king of DJAF and doesn't seem to care? <laughs> um, I mean – Yes, he's never played. I was looking back. Now he. This is the first time he's played the Broncos, right? Since is he it? left Denver. Yes, this is. The, I. Because I, I thought. Really? I, felt like, I felt like he's been in Chicago for a few years now. I feel like. I felt like he had had to have played the Broncos at some right. point. But no, I went back, and this will be his first game against Denver. Oh. So I, I feel like yeah, there there should be. Although, uh, as it, was it you, Alex, that pointed out the fact that there's no one left in Denver that was there. When I mean, except you know what the Bolin family, yeah, I don't is still know. involved. But, <laughs> but I think the, the better one is John Fox and Adam Gase getting run out of town by yeah um, by John Elway. So they are the ones that probably want more revenge. Okay, I like it. However, I like, the, I, I, I like the Jay Cutler revenge game factor. On I the like flip it. side, a looser narrative: Brock Osweiler's birthday is Sunday. Is it really? <laughs> it is. I don't know how old he turns, but a Brock. Could he have a birthday surprise in getting his first NFL start and win? Uh, I mean, as a birthday present, is he going to go downfield? <laughs> that because, remains to be seen. I mean, just just watching a little bit of, of film on him earlier in the week, he is captain checkdown. Uh, this is a guy who, in his career, average uh, or air yards per attempt on average, 5.6. How I mean, is that he's possible? throwing – Dump offs. You know what though, but it it is he is coming in in mop up duty, and he can't go downfield though, right? Because you know if you if he's coming in, that means the Broncos have pretty much. I feel like if you're coming handled biz, right? If you're coming in in mop up duty, like usually they don't put in the walk ons until they're pretty sure you can't mess it up one way or another. Right. That to me just seems that that screams YOLO. I'm going downfield. What are you gonna do? Yank me? 
Come on. <laughs> I don't know. I, I hardly ever see backups do that, though. Right? By the way, like, he'll be – hand uh, it off or check it down. He'll be 25 on Sunday. Yep. I was baby. just looking at that as well. Oh, yeah. My client, Brock. <laughs> Osweiler, yeah, it's uh, it's his birthday. He's turning twenty five. Oh, that's what that's who I was going with. I was going with Cody, the program Latimer, as one oh, of my <laughs> the program as one of my danger zone. Picks. Now, now, uh, Alex, I see the next name on your list, Ryan Fitzpatrick. But couldn't he have revenge against like half the league? He could. Yes, and, that, and that's why it's so fun. However, ha- however, okay. I th- I think there were reports that he was a little more um, peeved that Houston did not keep him after he played. Well, okay for especially when year. you see the guys they did keep. Right. <laughs> so I, I have a feeling if Ryan Fitzpatrick plays, now we can't forget he had surgery last week on his non-throwing hand. They're expecting him to start, but uh, it still remains to be seen. If he plays, and I think he'll want to because of revenge, he could have a solid game showing them what they lost. Oh, dude, I love this. I love that storyline. I, I mean, that beard's going to be going strong. He's going to have that hand all taped up. He's going to look like an offensive lineman kind of out there. That's fine. Yeah, it's good. It's it's great. It's going to be a great visual. It's going to be a great the narrative. club-fisted quarterback. <laughs> Gotta love that. <laughs> it's going to be great. I love that revenge game factor uh, for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, who will be the beneficiary there then? Uh, Brandon Marshall? Decker. Decker. Catch a Decker. Touchdown, you Decker. Yeah, because that's what he does. He that's catches, what he, he just catches touchdowns. He, all, all he does is catch touchdowns. He's a uh, he's an elite wide receiver, according to Matt Harmon. Uh, you know he's trending that way. I'm not ready to put him in that category yet, but I, I feel elite. like elite elite <laughs> is Odell Beckham Jr. and New Hopkins. He's elite, dang it! And uh, Julio Jones, he ain't elite, but also he's good. A, he ain't elite. Also a good narrative. The Matt Harmon. Eric Decker is elite narrative. Uh, you know, that, that's his new love affair. I mean, now that he has already hipped the world to Allen Robinson. Yeah, he, yeah, exactly. He's, uh, you know. I mean, look, the guy has has not scored fewer than nine points in every game this year. That's that's pretty darn good and consistent for a wide receiver. No doubt. I don't know. I don't know what more you want from him. I, I, I feel. Uh, I feel. Elite. I feel like Matt Harmon is kind of Freddie Prince Jr. and she's all that, and he's just making over wide receivers and turning them, <laughs> out, <laughs> turning them into pump. Oh, I had to. I had to like harken back to a little bit. I was like, what? What reference is he making? <laughs> That's pretty. Yeah, cool. I was Wait, thinking. I was like, how's he going to? She's all that. <laughs> yeah. When AJ okay. Green has more fantasy points than you, you're not a lead. Who was the female lead in She's All That? She was cute. Jennifer Whatever Jason. Happened? Whatever. No, no, Rachel, Rachel Lee, Lee Cook. Cook. I was mixing up my right, three Lee, names. Lee, yeah, yeah. So Rachel, right. Rachel Lee Cook. Rachel Lee Cook. As soon as I started saying it, I was like, no, that's no. wrong. Uh, whatever happened to her? I don't know. Crickets. We <laughs> nobody knows. I so, mean, her so two nothing. her two big things were, you know, she's all that, yes. and the uh, this is your brain on drugs, girl. Oh, she was one of those. She was the one in the commercial smashing things in the kitchen. You know, this really? is drugs. This is. Your oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Really. She was that. She girl. was part of the Dare campaign. She was. Oh, beautiful. Let's see. Uh, she was a cute girl. I'm surprised she didn't make a couple more teen flicks. I mean, she probably did, but, you know, that was kind of her, her big one there. Oh, she was in Josie and the Pussycats as well. That's right. Well, there you go. There you go. That's what She happened. did a bunch of movies. but Did just, she? Um, and she did a lot of voice work and some a bunch of TV. So she had, a, she had a productive career. She just didn't, like, she didn't make that jump to, like, the next next level of she being, like. She didn't make like, the leap, huh? The huge star, right. but she had a very healthy career, so good for her. All right, good for her. All right, we'll move on. What a, what a random tangent. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you listen to this show. That's why you listen to this. Narrative streets. For the she's all that takes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, last narrative. All right, Chris Givens. Chris yeah. Givens 
revenge game versus, Get excited. <laughs> versus St. Louis. I guarantee you, if you were to ask the normal fan, who first of all, do they know Chris Givens? The answer would be no. Likely not. And then if you went to, like, the next level, which is like, hey. What team does do, he play for? Did you know what team he played for last year? This year. He or- got traded. He got traded away from the Rams. What a prime spot for revenge. <laughs> the team that ditched you this you year. traded me away, and now you're starting Case Keenum. I will show you what you lost, <laughs> Jeff Fisher. Chris Givens. Uh, um, don't get me wrong. Uh, he came out for me in in, uh, in Danger Zone last yes, week. Yes, he did. Um, I thought it was Ernest Givens for a while, uh, but that's okay. So, but the revenge He's a good game. little wide receiver uh, on a Houston Oilers team that had glorious uniforms. Oh, yeah. And the dance. The electric slide. Electric slide. The electric slide. Uh, but, yes, no, uh, Chris Givens, revenge game versus St. Louis. What do we make of the matchup? Baltimore taking on. I mean, it's, a, it, it's kind of a deep, deeper sleeper. Can I say that? Uh, I don't even think it's a sleeper. The Rams are tough against wideouts, man. I mean, but he's he's that he's that deep threat. He's that guy. You know, if if he one time gets behind the defense and Joe Flacco connects with him, then you know he can get you something. But it's it is it, it is literally a hail mary play. If you were if you're playing DF, uh, DFS tournament, is he worth the DFS tournament price tag that he has given to him? Uh, I think I, I think so. Better. He he could be a, a tournament play because I'm sure he's pretty affordable still. Right. Um, but yeah, it's deeper. You're you're going up against a tough D, but then you also have on the flip side, Joe Flacco plays a lot better at home. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that Rams defense doesn't quite have the same amount of like chutzpah, for lack of a better term, when they're not on their home turf. So, I like it. I think I think he will be uh, in deeper leagues, uh, 12, 14 plus leagues. I think he's worth flex con- consideration, hundred uh, percent for, for sure. sure. All right, let's talk about Week 11 good and bad matchups. Uh, who jumps out of here at, at you guys? Well, as a Cowboys fan, of course, I'm going to go right to that Cowboys-Dolphins game, and okay. there's a lot of good matchups. Lamar baby. Miller against the against the boys who can't stop the run. On the flip side, McFadden against Miami. They can't stop the run either. Uh, Miami's defense for the money they spent for Ndamukong Sue is not really panned out so far this season. I'm starting Romo. I'm not starting Ryan Tannehill. Um, I'm actually keeping him on the waiver wire at this okay. point. And uh, I, I say Dez has his best game of the year uh, with Romo back. And we agreed that Jason Witten's kind of an under-the-radar yeah. uh, tight end one this week because 100%. he's done nothing since nothing. Romo got hurt. Absolutely not. Uh, and Jarvis Landry, if you look at the numbers, the Cowboys have struggled against number one wide receivers this year, so Landry's a play as well. But, God, but he's, uh, not, that, he's not that traditional number one, though. You know what I mean? Because right, it goes but, underneath so often. So the stats that I have are – the number one based off of each sure. team's depth chart. Right. No, no, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I just think it's not that it's not that same downfield guy, right? Because, like, traditional number ones are that downfield dude, right? But um, I just – gosh, I, I like got, I like Jarvis a lot. He's but got uh, basically the same number of fantasy points as Amari Cooper this year in standard leagues and more than Michael Crabtree. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, part of it is that Jarvis just has struggled to get in the end zone, which has kind of been bizarre. Exactly. Considering the number of red zone targets and, and number of targets overall he gets, the fact that he hasn't scored a lot of touchdowns is, is kind of head-scratching. But, you know, I always say t- touchdowns are fickle beasts. They you are, man. I mean, he, you he, can't figure He's it. got four. Cooper's Cooper's got four also. Um, A.J. Green's got four. Um, so it, it could be better, though. It could be better. He helps you because he also gives you some rushing yards. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, can I ask you guys about uh, Jay Ajayi there in uh, in Miami? 
I thought he ran really well. And he, he's going to get some more touches because of it. He's, and he's that's no what, threat to Lamar. But that's what I'm saying, though. Really, though? No, he's nothing not. at all. No, they're just they just want to oh, get a glimpse because Ajayi, if you remember, um, fell to the fifth round. Super talented guy. Yes, he the reports with him in training camp and preseason stuff were bad. Right, like, yeah. they were like, "Oh he my god, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. Man. He can't read a block to save his life. He's not healthy." So they shelved him. So I think what they're doing now is just they're he doesn't he's not getting a lot of snaps, but okay. he's getting a few touches on those snaps. Uh, they're just getting a glimpse of the future. Okay. So what they're doing right now is like, "Oh, this is good." We can we can survive without Lamar next year. So Lamar into the ground. Although the I don't, the I don't. I mean, is it is it a guarantee that they don't re-sign Lamar? I mean, they don't, I was about to say. it's it's not a guarantee, but that's why they're getting a glimpse of the future. And I Lamar is still the workhorse in this back. Because I feel like you snap know, wise, touch wise, Ajayi is not a threat to like. Yeah, split I mean, 50-50. obviously the trend in the league now is to kind of have those triplets, if you will, get a quarterback, running back, receiver. Right. They've got uh, you know they obviously feel like Tannehill is their guy at quarterback. Jarvis yeah. Landry, I think, can be that guy at wide receiver, and. I think, you know, not obviously not being in the front office there in Miami, I right. would think that they would try and make Lamar Miller that guy instead of starting over with a running back that they feel like they still have to kind of handhold to get to where they need him to be. And also has a degenerative knee condition. That's not good either. <laughs> that is not good uh, ever a good thing. Uh, when I when I pegged Jay Ajayi as a, as a potential breakout uh, deep sleeper guy, it was because of the fact that, look, he's not – I don't know what he's going to be two years from now, but I know this year he's healthy. I know this year he's healthy. I know he's a good – he was a good productive back at Boise State. I don't know if Miami's dedicated to Lamar Miller. Uh, as you mentioned, Alex, I, I almost wonder because if they are – regardless of whether or not they're trying to uh, uh, pay Lamar Miller, wouldn't it make more sense to kind of split up those carries, either drive his price down or, uh, as you mentioned uh, – you know, get a get a glimpse as to what uh, Jay Ajayi holds. Uh, they, that's the what they've done. They've gotten their glimpse, but I don't think everything that they have shown and indicated, and with this interim coaching staff, is they're not going to turn away from Lamar Miller. All right. If they do, it'll be a shock. All right. I just wanted to get that out there. I just wanted that's to get fair. that out there. I thought Jay Ajayi on the few carries that he had looked really, really good. All right. Uh, who jumps out of you, uh, Marcus? Uh, well, I see Le- uh, Latavius Murray on that list, and I would kind of just extend it. You know, Fabs talked about the, the Dolphins and, and Cowboys game. I would extend it kind of to that Raiders-Lions game. I mean, uh, Derek Carr at this point is a must-start every week. He's I agree. already proven that. I agree. I'm kind of looking at Amari Cooper, and he's had some decent fantasy weeks over the last month, but right. one 100-yard uh, receiving game in his last six contests. So right. I, I think this is a week he can hit the century mark again, hopefully gets in the end zone. Michael Crabtree has been, I mean, just in regular football, has been arguably one of the best free agent signings that happened in the offseason with what he has done, what he's meant for that Raider offense. I think he can continue to be Is he the most underrated fantasy asset in the game right now? Uh, he might be. That's a fair question. He really might be. Um, you know, and I, look, Because people still don't trust in him at all. I, and having watched him leave San Francisco and seeing what he did with the Niners and, and walking away, I didn't believe that he was just done and washed up. I I. Felt like he needed to be in a new situation. I didn't think he would be quite this productive with the Raiders, but I knew he still had something left. Right. Um, but I think he has a good week. I, I just think, you know, your Raiders, all your Raiders skill guys, I think, will, will be very productive. I think this is uh, – I know Fabs is big on Stafford. I agree. I think he has a good week. And hopefully this is a week that Calvin Johnson looks like Megatron again. He's just been Calvin Johnson this year. Yeah, he sure Hopefully has. this is a week that he looks like Megatron. I don't know. At this point, I've pretty much given up on Megatron. Wow. 
I mean, no, dude, no. Meg- Megatron's going to have a huge. Calm game. down there, Star Starscream. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, by huge, what do you mean? What, what are you talking about here? I'm talking. I'm talking. Hardly about, ever do you ever I'm say talking that. about 150 in a touchdown this week. Woo! Big game. That's are huge. you going to throw that down on Sunday? That's a bold prediction. Uh, I like that one. I, I, it's it's Megatron though. You it's bold. Yeah, yeah, but it's, this year it's Megatron, but he's done nothing. Yeah, see, this year, this year, that doesn't. Yeah, that, that Oakland's do Oakland's pass defense is awful. So was the Chiefs, and Megatron I mean, didn't do anything against that. Awful. So I'm, was the Packers, and Megatron didn't do anything against them. I mean, them. He I has, have. He has. He has one 100-yard game. All year. Throw that down on Sunday. That's man. it. That's a great call. Because I, I get excited about that, too, because, Fabs, you, you hardly ever throw out huge uh, I, I performances like, like that. I really like him this week. Uh, I really do. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game uh, in the Dome. Uh, road game. For, I, I, there's a lot of players in that game I like. Carr is a great play. So is Murray. Uh, both of the wide receivers in Oakland, Detroit. Heck, when I'm telling you to start Matt Stafford. <laughs> <laughs> All right. When I'm telling you to start Matt Stafford, you know that that game has got potential. All right. Uh, from a fantasy standpoint, I, I'm not telling you to start any of the Lions running backs. No. But but Calvin, uh, Ebron. Although they Stafford. have a great matchup on paper, though, the running backs there for Detroit. Yeah, I just don't who who just, to go with exactly. Stay away. Stay away. Amir Abdullah. No. 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 Go away. Uh, gosh darn it. Jake Bell. No. No. Uh, I, I want to hit one matchup quick so I can squeeze in my my potential danger zone recommendation for you, Ooh, and then yes. let's hit some mailbag and Please. daps and get out of here. Please. So we put on the bad. Uh, Deshaun Jackson and Garcon. Yeah, one of them or both of them is going to get the Josh Norman treatment against yep. the. Hey, if Josh Panthers. can cover both of them at the same time, we're in trouble. That's that's he might next level. He's that good. Trouble. He's However, that, he's that good. Yep. If you need a deep sleeper, okay, here we go. Look to Jamison Crowder. Ooh. He has played virtually 100 percent of his snaps from the yeah. slot, which is an area that Josh Norman does not cover. I actually have him ranked ahead of Jackson and Garcon I do too. This week. Uh, so he's in a gr- he's been getting a ton of targets regardless from Kirk Cousins too, yeah, yeah. and uh, we've seen slot receivers get up and over the Carolina defense before. Randall Cobb had a good game against them. Um, other receivers have done it recently too. I'm drawing a blank because I speak at this moment, but deeper leagues or if you're the bye weeks injuries are hitting you bad, especially in PPR, Jamison Crowder could be a name to look for. I don't mind it, <clears throat> and I love it also in DFS. Love totally. it. In All right. DFS. Let me throw some mailbag questions at you guys. All right, please. Uh, first one from Tom Le- Lenahan. Uh, Tom Lenahan, one one one. Non PPR: Jordan Matthews, Randall Cobb, or Devonte Adams. Pick one. Oh man, do I have to? <laughs> yes. I-, I guess uh, I'm going with Cobb, and I don't like it. I guess I'm going with Adams. I'm not thrilled about that either. Oh my gosh, really? Because I was really about to say Jordan Matthews. Well, there we go. Good luck. We we helped we, <laughs> we helped you none at all. I think I think I would probably go Matthews. <laughs> as I as I chuck back a vomit noise. <laughs> all right, next one. Daniel Tashman at Dan the Man nine oh six. Alshon versus Broncos or Danny Amendola versus the Bills? Man, I'm sticking with Alshon. I'm saying Amendola just because I don't know what's Alshon's what Alshon's like. situation is. Because right. last week he wasn't healthy right. and he gave you like 23 yards. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if he's limited in practice on Friday or doesn't practice at all, then you're going completely on Amendola. But mm-hmm. all right, uh, at John at Jaylene five, who's the better start, Reed or Eifert? Eifert, no, I I have Eifert ranked higher. I think I'm going Eifert. I like both. Week. I like them both. I, I have do Eifert, too. I have Eifert ranked higher. The Cardinals have been good. Have been very good against tight ends because they've had uh, Deion Buchanan playing like this right. hybrid linebacker safety, safety. role, and yeah. he's been. I think he's been erasing tight ends as part of it. I just don't know about the matchup there for Washington. How how often are they going to get to to the end zone? 
It's I, tough, tough to tell. I, I don't think very often. I, I don't think it, it, they're going to be scoring too many points. Right. Both. Neither is a bad play. I think I like Eifert's red zone prowess more. And this is normal game. leagues, right? Because normal. PPR, yeah. Jordan Reed, you know, might Probably move up a, a bit, but but just touchdown potential. I think Tyler Eifert's got it. All right. Here we go. We got a lot of questions about Tony Romo, obviously. So here's a tough one for you. All Should right. I start Romo over Carr this week? No. 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 Absolutely no. not. No, no. 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 I would say no as well. No. Carr's the only guy that could give you three t- – like, he's the only guy that has three touchdown potential. You know what I'm saying? Like, each and every week, they throw the ball so often. Derek Carr, you love the upside. That was from Eduardo Anakin, by the way. Eduardo uh, Anakin. Yep. Or Anakin. I don't know how to pronounce the last oh. name. Sorry. We're, we're flying here. Anakin? I, right. I was thinking, like, Skywalker. I know. My that's name is too. Anakin. All right. <laughs> Matthew Schumann at Shway Not Shoe. Oh, sorry. Schwayman then. Stevie Johnson against the Chiefs or T.Y. Hilton without luck? PPR, Stevie Johnson, Stevie. Stevie, right? Stevie. Really, I don't, I don't feel that bad about, uh, about Ty. You're all in with Eugene, huh? I. <laughs> now he's just Eugene. Eugene, man. <laughs> all right, one more. Joey Moulton at Joey the Panda. Doug Martin or Brandon LaFell? Doug in a terrible matchup. I mean, do we know PPR standard? Didn't Let's say. Let's just say standard. Let's just assume standard. We'll assume standard. Uh, I'm going LaFell. I don't like Martin this week. I, I'm, I'm I'm done trying to predict what he does. Every right. time he has it's a good so matchup, hard. I put him in stardom and sit him. Hey, he stinks. And then now he's got a bad matchup this week. I say, eh, Watch, don't he play him. Touch. He'll probably go off. This, that was like Keenan Allen for There's me to start the year, year. I'd be like, Keenan Allen, you're in the high 20s for a wide receiver. He's the highest scorer. Every All right, year Keenan Allen, guy <laughs> you're a top 10. Negative. Nothing. Negative. That, that goes completely Negative against the matchups, and Alex Smith always does it. Yes, always. that one too. Like I hate even talking about him because every time I think he's going to do well, he doesn't. And when we don't expect him to do well, he goes off and has 30. All right. Uh, sorry we couldn't get to more mailbag questions. we got to get these guys over to television soon. But right. should we dap it? Yeah, yeah let's, let's dap do it. it. Extra, extra, read all about it. All right. Daily dap time. Uh, we'll start with you, uh, WizKid. Oh, man. I hadn't even thought. Um, Dang it. I, always, I forgot. I was th- trying to think during the show. Actually, I have one. I uh, – I, Got a little cold earlier this week, and I was heading into my day off. So on the way home, I gave myself an early birthday present, and I picked up Star Wars Battlefront. Wait, when's your birthday? Uh, next week, Saturday, I think. Nice. 28th. Okay. Uh, it's always around Thanksgiving. But anyways, I picked up Star Dude, Wars you'll Battlefront. Be able, you'll be able to go to bars for the I know. I know. It's, it's exciting. <laughs> I've heard so many great things it's about this so beverage <laughs> called beer. Um, but anyways, I picked up Star Wars Battlefront for the Xbox One, and it's pretty darn fun. Yeah? I had heard some mixed things. There's no, like, campaign or anything. It's pretty much all uh, multiplayer all and stuff. Really? There's no campaign for Battlefront? There's no campaign. I mean, there are missions and stuff you can do offline and things, and you can, play with a, you can play with a buddy in that, like, survival-type mode. But, I mean... It's fun. The the landscapes are huge. The score underneath, like you're you're fighting on Endor, running through the Ewok like uh, tree forts and stuff, and it's it's pretty darn fun. So, what's the online experience like? Good, fun. There are there are a couple game modes where it's twenty on twenty. Wow, so it's just like huge battles. Like, wow, you're running through the trenches on Hoth, and like lasers are flying over your head, and That's ADATs cool. are walking by, and it's it's pretty cool. It was get it was a good way to tide me over until the movie next month. So okay, nice. Go. I had I like a good time. It. Michael Fabiano. What you got? I don't know if you can consider this a dap, but uh, I'm sure you guys heard heard the story about Doug Flutie's parents. Yeah, yeah. man. Uh, what a great prayers what a great story. prayers uh, out to to the Flutie family, and um, just to me that one that one hit home for me because like I, I feel like his parents you know found true love. I mean when 
when you see uh, your spouse go through what Doug's father went through because he had the heart issues, uh, and then to have his mom pass away an hour an later, hour later, and uh, for Doug to put out that he believes that his mom died of a broken heart, uh, my mother's parents, it didn't happen as quickly, but um, you know my grandmother passed away, and my grandfather was just devastated and and we all feel like he died from a broken heart it wasn't an hour later but um it's it's a sad story but at the end of the day it's also uh sort of a heartwarming story about you know two people who really sure truly cared and loved loved each other um and so uh again i give my uh i give my, my my heartfelt thoughts and prayers to the fluties and um uh, Didn't he say in his note a, too that they, they had been married for like over fifty yes. years? Yeah, yeah, six so. years, I believe it was. I, and yeah. that, I mean, as sad as sad as it is that his parents both passed away within an hour, uh, I also feel like you can you can draw some good out of it in a, in a world where we're seeing a lot of violence and hate and evil. Sure. Uh, because at the end of the day, that story about the, the Fluties is is about true love. It's a, it's a. I saw. I'm sorry to get so deep on you guys. No, early that was in the morning, that's a that's a good dab. No, I but, thought that um, was great, man. But that that's really what I, the the positive I took out of that. If you can take out a positive, is that uh, I thought I thought I think that's great. It's a, it's it's an emotional uh, it's emotional situation. And uh, again, my thoughts and my prayers go out to Doug and his and his family. I th- I love it. I love it. I, I thought it was a very powerful story, and uh, I totally believe in that stuff, man. Oh yeah. Absolutely, dying of a uh, of a broken heart. I totally believe in that. Bunch of saps on this podcast, but I'm- <laughs> <laughs> I know. Marcus, what you got? Uh, I want to dap up. I, I kind of was catching up. I'm a little bit late on this, but uh, was finishing up the second season of Rick and Morty. Uh, What's if, Rick and Morty? If you haven't seen this show, well, I, I'm 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 not as much of an Adult Swim junkie as I used to be. Okay, but uh, a show created by that's because you got a girlfriend now. I do. I, I've, I've adopted <laughs> a dog. I've got a girlfriend. Like I have responsibilities, but. Uh, Dan Harmon, who created the show Community, along with a guy named Justin Roiland, uh, it on the surface looks sort of like a weird Back to the Future spoof. You've got Rick, who's this kind of old grouchy scientist who has had, who's had to move back in with his daughter and her husband and family, uh, but he's kind of this mad scientist, and he takes his uh, his grandson Morty on these weird multi-dimensional adventures. Morty, it uh, it is hilarious. It is awesome. They just finished their second season uh, a couple months ago, but I'm just catching up on it. But uh, Adult Swim, go to the website adultswim.com. You can stream all the episodes. They're fantastic. Uh, in fact, I'm looking into possibly buying myself a uh, Rick and Morty ugly Christmas sweater. Yeah. Nice, because uh, it, yeah. it's pretty fantastic. We should we should have a. Uh Star Wars ugly Christmas sweater show this year. Do they they have those? I'm sure. Are you do. kidding me? I'm no, sure. They listen, do. I mean they have listen, everything. Star Wars. Disney is I'm trying sure to make back the do. four billion that they that they bought uh, Star Wars from Lucas They're like in a year before the movie. And movies, I've seen so. everything. I mean everything. I want to buy one of those like hundred dollar BB-8 remote control droids. Yes, those <laughs> things look. I I was seriously I the other day. Looking, I was right? looking at it. I was like. How can I justify this? I, I want like, to train it to get me amazing. beer from the fridge, though. That'd be the amazing, best. right? Just hook it up <laughs> to like a little wagon or something. Something. I don't know. That's funny. I will give a daily dap to college traditions on uh, the eve of Cal Stanford going down for. Uh, I think it's like the one hundred and I don't know seventeenth big game or whatever it is. Uh, I don't. I, I'm sorry. I know I'm not a. I know I'm not a true fan because I don't know the exact number. That's all right. Big games uh, that have been played. I'm going to flame you so hard. <laughs> but over 110 have been played. I know that. It's approaching 120. I do know that. Uh, 
and I will probably be wearing the Stanford tree at some point uh, for the show, <laughs> unfortunately. No, pro- definitely. <sighs> yeah. Unless Dante Moncrief gets 400 yards tomorrow. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> the question is, will you be wearing the tree while also walking in heels? Uh, I will not. I will not. Uh, but I, I will give a daily adapt to college traditions because uh, college traditions, man, it, it's so fun. Um, it what It's what makes college football um, – I, I don't know, in a lot of ways better than the NFL. Um, the, the product on the field has much to be desired. That's fine. But uh, but I'll tell you what, well, I don't know. Actually, I just, uh, I just thought about uh, last night's game, so maybe not. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> Either of those teams would still wipe the floor with any college. Oh, I, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, you know, in terms of, you know, high-level play, uh, excitement and all that kind of – anyways, college traditions, I, I do like that. I will give an undap, though, to college and – their television partners, I guess, because it's ridiculous. It was for a hundred years. Cal Stanford was the last game on the docket, right? For both Cal and Stanford, but because of PAC 12 network, because of ABC ESPN and, and, and all the television partners that the PAC 12 has now, now Cal Stanford has to happen now. And to me, it's just, I don't get it. It has ruined rivalry. Exactly. It used to be that every, every year at the end of the season, you knew, Cal Stanford, USC, UCLA, Michigan, Ohio State, right. Auburn, Alabama. They were all on the same day, and it right. kind of gave that day a really great feel right. to it. Now those games are spread out across the schedule. Because of TV. television. It sucks. It definitely stinks. It sucks. Uh, it's not great. Uh, tomorrow's game, by the way, for all the Cal fans listening, I guess all the Stanford fans listening, too. It's, uh, tomorrow's, <laughs> I guess. I guess. Well, they also had to change it because a lot of those conferences have been, have playoff yeah, games they now have, for they have conference and now and, and now stuff. for the playoff and stuff so I don't mind Boo. that no, that's fine but I mean look it's not that hard guys it really isn't that hard to do the conference championship like, well, look, one weekend the weekend before is rivalry week period done but a, no they a, don't do that as a college football agnostic I don't care whatever gets me whatever gets me a real <laughs> national champion and not some you know, whatever BCS algorithm rated Co- champion. Let's see. Here's football. the thing. Here's the thing. Like, I know. I know. We're kind of out of time. On this. The one thing I will say about college football is that it is now and has always been regional. And so, re- regardless of what happens, you know, as a USC guy, whatever happens in Florida and Alabama and Georgia and Texas and you know Ohio, that's all well and good. At the end of the day, I care more about what's going on in Westwood and Eugene Agreed. and Palo Alto and Berkeley. Agreed. Hundred percent agree. So boo. Uh, to those television execs that have forced college traditions uh, to be moved dates. I don't like it. Don't like it at all. This is old man co talk. Get off my lawn! I think this is a cloud you can yell at when we get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, again, for the Cal and Stanford folks, uh, listen to the podcast, the big game, uh, this Saturday, 7 p.m.? It's either 7 or 7.30 it's, uh, yeah, it's on ESPN. So all right. All right, let's get out of here. All right, another rousing edition of NFL Fantasy Live for the WizKid. I'm James Coe, Marcus Grant, and Michael Fabiano. We'll see you Tuesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. 
The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. 